Hello, this is Richard Ragland, Lieutenant Colonel, retired United States Army. That's my grandfather, better known to me as Papa Rags. I grew up hearing all about his experiences as an Army helicopter pilot. He's always had a way of turning dark stories into lessons filled with light, able to share his triumphs with both humor and humility. But after fighting in Vietnam, my papa collected one of the darkest stories imaginable. My mom had mentioned the story to me before, but I'd never heard it directly from Papa Rags. He began by setting the scene of what Vietnam was like in 1955. Uh, but as you see in some of the movies, uh, it, it's pretty accurate. So, yeah, it's, it's loud, it's nasty, it's not fun. Nobody wants to do it, but it's a requirement uh, if you want to secure freedom, not only for this country, but for the world. Papa Rags went into the Vietnam War with a soldier's mentality. He was doing what was required of him. Said as a professional soldier, we don't question the requirement or the rationale uh, to go and do whatever is required uh, of the military service. And so he did. He sailed to Vietnam alongside his fellow soldiers to do the job he was assigned to. But there was one particular mission that was different. Something tragic and heart-wrenching that could have broken my papa in more ways than one. I got a call on my emergency channel from the commander of one of these B-teams, a major, saying that he needed some assistance. At the time, Papa Rags was working near local Vietnamese villages. Many of them had these rice patties where the villagers gathered food. But rather than a place to pick up dinner, these rice patties quickly became death traps as the Viet Cong began to plant lethal mines throughout the patties. This emergency call to my papa was about a 13-year-old boy who tragically came across one of the explosive mines. He had gone in and a mine had detonated and the folks on the outside, which included his parents, couldn't see it, and they were going to go into the minefield. The boy's parents were in utter distress. They were ready to enter the mine themselves to find their son's body, but my papa couldn't let that happen. So I put the front end of the helicopter into the crater, and my crew chief lowered himself into it and recovered the remains of the boy. Uh, I turned the helicopter away from the vision of the folks so that uh, they wouldn't be able to see the recovery. And then uh, Ben took off and brought the remain back out uh, and delivered them to the major and his parents. He makes it sound simple, but what my papa did was far from it. Before the recovery, Papa's fellow soldier had said to him, Jesus Christ, Rags, you are a maniac, but I'm going with you. So they went. My papa hovered his helicopter right above the mine to recover the boy's body. It would have only taken one gust of wind or a couple feet in the wrong direction to hit the mine again and blow the helicopter to pieces. But he did it. You don't anticipate having to go out and pick up the remains of a young 13-year-old man who was only trying to pick up uh, some food if you would, or just scrounge some food uh, to take back for his parents and his village. So I saw a lot of it, unfortunately, in the inhumanity of war. Uh, but uh, 
just this particular case just was kind of disheartening for me. Disheartening is right. I imagine it was much more than that. On top of recovering the body of a child, Papa had his own family to think about back home. My grandmother, Yobo, his two daughters, Lorraine and Lee, and another daughter on the way. My Papa's always had impressive composure, but I'm certain that this hit home for him. I wanted to hear how he reflected on this tragedy. You know, Sid, there's a word we don't hear much anymore. It's called propriety, and it's just doing the right thing. And, you know, it's human nature to do the right thing. And uh, at the time, it's, to me, it was just the right thing to do. To me, it sounded crazy for my papa to call his act of complete heroism just doing the right thing. To me, doing the right thing was owning up to a mistake or helping a friend in need. My papa hovered a helicopter over an explosive mine and picked up the body of a young boy so that his parents could survive to honor their child properly. That seemed to me like far more than just doing the right thing. I wanted to shout at him, Papa, for one moment will you stop being so modest? You're a hero, you old soldier. But he persisted, and when I brought up the military award he received, he again responded. Oh, it just, you know, it's like I said, it was just, I guess it validates that I did the right thing at the right time. I was almost frustrated by my papa's humility. I wanted him to shout from the rooftops about his heroism and give me some deep and long-winded lesson about his experience. But I come to realize that isn't what makes my papa special. His simplicity, his strong moral hand and matter-of-factness are the things that make him special. Papa Rags didn't want or need recognition or praise or a huge ordeal for his actions. He just wanted to do the right thing. Reflecting on my papa's story, my mind kept returning to the rest of my family. My grandmother, better known to me as Yobo, was a full Korean immigrant back in America with two daughters and another on the way while her husband fought in Vietnam. They met during the Korean War. And uh, we, simple, we just uh, fell in love and uh, got married and have been married for 60 years. They've always shown such strength. I always viewed my grandparents as such a beautiful bridge between worlds. They wound up having five girls, my mom and my aunties. I had a conversation with their eldest daughter, my Aunt Lorraine, to learn more about how my papa communicated with them while he was away. I learned that. He basically made up stories of animals that lived in Vietnam that lived in the Dolta, which is, you know, by the waterfalls. And one of them was an alligator named Haber Jabber. So we've got these, um, we've got all these crazy stories about Haber Jabber the alligator and his friends in the jungle. I could just see my papa with his pen and paper, drawing out these little stories for my aunts. The way papa does stuff is in a way that he wants you to know what's going on, but he doesn't want it to be scary. He wants you to know that it's okay. He wanted them to know it was okay. But perhaps by creating his own little worlds to send back home to his family, my papa was also assuring himself that it was okay. As we know, my grandmother Yobo was pregnant when my papa was away. So how did he find out about the birth of his third child? When I was on the ship going over to Vietnam, a young Navy 
knocked on my door one day and said, or my cabin door and this old troop ship, and said, is there a Captain Rag living here? And I said, here, and he said, you just had another little girl, wife and daughter doing fine. Funny enough, my Aunt Lorraine remembered this day as well. She and the rest of the bunch happened to receive a strangely perfect timed letter from my papa. And in the letter, he drew a little picture of Yobo with a, you know, fat belly, pregnant belly, with a little picture of me and Lee beside her. And he says, don't forget to take care of your mom and help her when the new baby comes. And the letter was written on the day that Lisa was born. So that was kind of, that was always kind of like a, ooh, wow, moment. It became clear to me how special my papa's letters were, both to him and to my entire family. They were these little memoirs of hope and love, two things that I am certain got both my papa and his family through trying times. But it wasn't just the deep and heartfelt stuff that defined my papa. My Aunt Lorraine was sure to make light of papa's brilliant, dry sense of humor. Basically, the long and the short of the story is, they were out on a night mission and they ran out of gas and trying to find a place to land. And the thing that passed through Papa's head is, I can't believe I'm going to go to war in Vietnam. And instead of getting shot down and dying fearlessly, I'm going to die because I ran out of gas. He thought that was funny. That's so funny. That's I can like hear him. Right? <laughs> totally. No, can't you just see him? It's like, ah, geez, I can't believe it. I'm got my helicopter shot down and this and that and the other, but I died because I ran out of gas. (laughs) Luckily, this wasn't the case, but my papa definitely got a hoot out of the thought. He lived to share his extraordinary stories. He lived to share his extraordinary wisdom and perpetual willingness to see the good. Sid, let me tell you something. I bagged around the world to the Far East, uh, in the Orient, uh, to Europe, everywhere from the jungles to the mountainous terrain. And I've met people of all all the religions, skin colors. And I will tell you, sweetheart, people are people. There are good people. Skin color, religious beliefs makes no difference. There are good people and people are not so good. My belief is that most people are good. After seeing all of the things that he saw, it would have been easy for my papa to carry some of the darkness with him. But what inspires me most is that he actively chooses to see the good. And stuff happens, uh, and you get up the next morning and you go start again, whether it's in combat or just life itself. So everything, every morning you get up's a good day. My Aunt Lorraine also sums him up well. And that's, I think, the most important thing that you see. It really just who Papa is. He is the guy that's looking to do the right thing all the time. I'm certainly lucky to have been able to share time on this earth with my Papa. I can say now more than ever that he is my entire family's hero. Okay, sweetheart, you take care of yourself. Love you, honey. Bye-bye.